Listen, the listeners of Fun Sexy Bible Time expect it to be a strict operation. <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I will respect the, the powers that be. This is not Do your thing. with the fences. This is not some kind of <laughs> loosey-goosey. Right. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. We have an excellent episode of Fun Sexy Bible Time for you today. Our co-host. First of all, Shannon, why are you on this podcast? This is a horrible idea. (laughs) You know, in full disclosure, I had a moment of panic. (laughs) Like, what have I done? And... I mean, if I ever get in trouble for this, I'm just sending them to Corey because he, he, he was just like this fulfilled a strange dream for him. And he is new to you. I mean, he's a, one of your newer fans. Well, but I, only, you, I only have six. So you, I'm, you've I'm, like felt the intensity of his love for you, right? <laughs> I mean, he hasn't hidden it well. If you knew my husband, it's very out of character for him to be so excited about anything. <laughs> so when you asked me, Corey was like, well, yes, of course. And then I said yes after a moment. And then like three days later, I was like, oh, no. So I had to confer with some of your past guest hosts. <laughs> mm. They had to talk me off the ledge. She is Shannon Martin. She is the author of Falling Free, Rescue from the Life I Always Wanted. Uh, she also writes at Shannon, ShannonMartinWrites.com. That's right. Sort of a big deal you are these days. <laughs> Stop. That's not true. <laughs> I No, I'm sitting on my couch right now and in my messy house by my cat and my son's teddy bear. Are you wearing... The he loves me, he loves me not Christian novelty t-shirt. <laughs> I wish I was. I don't know where all of those went. I had a lot. I mean, I had a whole, I had a whole selection. I had two. I had the the Reese's peanut butter cup shirt that just said Jesus across the front. Sure. And uh, I had another. I had a sports themed one. You know, remember back in the nineties, you had those shirts out that like football is life. You know, tennis is life. Yes. Uh, mine said, Jesus is life. The rest is just basketball. <laughs> that is amazing. It's That's pretty real. like hashtag priorities right there. I, I had was... the one. So I had, see, I was never very um, athletic or sporty. Still am not. But I did have a beach volleyball themed living epistle t-shirt, <laughs> trademark living epistle. <laughs> and it said... What does it say? Pass the standard. Wait, pass the something. Set the standard. Crush the opposition. <laughs> but I forget what the first one was. I wore that one out. I tell you, the most real Christian novelty T-shirt I ever saw, and and this is this is the truth. The most real one I ever saw. It was at a Promise Keepers event in like 1997. I was there as like a 16 year old, and I saw this guy wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> The black t-shirt and then big white letters that said, 
God's last name ain't damn. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> I totally remember. That was clever. <laughs> that, was, that was a little too real for me to wear at 16, though. That would that would have been very kind. You know, that's had you worn that at 16, that would have been good foreshadowing of your kind of boundary pushing future that you probably had no idea was around the bend but that would have been sort of on brand for you I feel like uh, yeah it's I mean, it's like true slash subversive you know like it's gonna raise some eyebrows but that's kind of what you want right well I mean I have been known to yes I have been known to do that from time to time now and then you push the limits just a little. I got up this morning and looked at what I tweeted last night, and I was like, holy moly, she's not going to come on the podcast if she goes on Twitter first. I haven't looked. We didn't look. Usually, Corey will <laughs> read them to me. <laughs> but we were, I mean, it, we didn't look last night. Were they bad? Uh, I'm not no, going to look. No, it's fine. No, it's just, <laughs> just, just your typical faith-based Viagra joke. You get a little weird late at night. I feel like that's when your true, that's when the the good stuff comes out. It seems. Christian Christian Twitter is weird. Like it's 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 like really sanitized. So I think when somebody, you know, makes a joke, you know, that's even slightly naughty, everybody just kind of flips out. Who? Okay, the person that tweeted back to you to just go to bed recently. Did you know that person? <laughs> no. <laughs> was that said in love? Yeah, that's kind of a running joke I have with some of my Twitter followers. It's like okay. it gets to a point where like somebody just needs to tell me to go to bed. Well, I, I I thought it was nice that you responded like, "Yes, thank you for reminding me that I should do this." <laughs> that's a good idea. No, I actually have a few people who like. Um take it upon themselves to monitor my tweets in the early morning. And if they start getting too weird, they'll just tweet me and say, Hey, I think you should go to bed. <laughs> I love it. Those are like your gatekeepers. <laughs> it's my accountability group. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're bringing it into the modern age. I like that. <clears throat> All right. So tell me about falling free. Where did that come from? Like the title or the whole book the uh, concept just like uh, what made you want to write it well what made me want to write falling free was was just my life i'm having trouble right now talking seriously to you but i'm going to try <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah so i mean you wouldn't necessarily know this but my Corey and myself my husband and i we both grew up in a pretty not as probably conservative upbringing as you did, but close. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, now we're adults, we're married, we started our family, but we were very much um, nudged into kind of the American dream with a side of Jesus kind of lifestyle, mm -hmm. where the whole point of life and the whole point of being, you know, air quotes, a good Christian family is that you make your life as safe and secure and comfortable as possible. That's the whole goal. And that's kind of the path that we were on. And so maybe five, five years ago or so, and we just through a chain of events began to see that maybe we had kind of missed the whole point. So we were, you know, we were successful in many ways 
according to the world, but we, we found ourselves feeling like our faith was a little empty and um, we were still under a bubble where everybody that we knew really kind of looked and believed exactly the same. And so we began to understand that we wanted out and that we were being called out of that. And so a lot of our life changed. We both very dramatically lost our jobs. We both had jobs in um, federal politics at the time. And we both lost our jobs. My husband worked for a United States congressman, and he, um, like, just one day on TV announced that he was resigning because there was a big scandal. It was one of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And we ended up sell. We lived kind of on our dream farmhouse on six acres. We ended up selling our house and moving to kind of a neglected, forgotten little neighborhood on the wrong side of the tracks. And you know, started going to a really different church. Our kids were enrolled in a very different school. Just everything shifted. But for us, kind of the the trajectory was, and the understanding that we suddenly saw was that God's more for us was going to look like less. So, you know, now Corey is the full-time chaplain of the county jail. Um, but every step of the way, we kind of lost things. You know, we lost our dream home. We lost our money and our financial security and we lost our reputations in some ways and we lost our sense of control and security and on and on it went. And now here we are and life is good, but it's very different than the life we thought we were going to live. I'm going to, I'm reading from the book now. These days I picture Jesus in faded jeans and a rocker tee, maybe a flannel when it's cold. I mean, the robe he wears in most pictures is fine, That image served me well for more than 30 years, but Jesus is as relevant here in my new neighborhood as he was in ancient Samaria. The Jesus who dismantled the life I chose didn't call my name from centuries ago or from foreign lands. He descended from heaven and donned a belted toga for John and Rahab and Zacchaeus, and he does the same for us, meeting us right in this moment, holy with with us in our messed up world. That's good stuff. Thanks, man. I guess I wrote that. It's weird when people read back your own stuff to you, isn't it? It is. It's weird. Yeah, I wrote that either um, in the coffee shop in town or, yeah, just here inside my house. It's just funny to think of, like, you know, what you were doing when those words just kind of came out. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think, you know, obviously what I'm saying there is it's okay for us to imagine Jesus living now among us because he is among us, but we still always have this image of him, you know, in the robe, right? You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't take Jesus out of the robe, (laughs) but I think it serves us well when we remember that he would, you know, he would very much look just like, you know, the random guy up the street if he was, you know, here in the flesh right now. So it's helpful to me to remember that. Yeah. It sounds like, um, you know, from what I have read, it sounds like, these events that happen in your life really kind of changed, change your outlook on um, outreach, for lack of a better yeah. word. Is that fair? It's totally fair. I mean, we started to understand. Okay, so I grew up, you know, from like saved from birth, or so it seemed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in Awana. I was like, you know, I won the Awana trophy one year. I mean, I did Bible quizzing. Yes, Bible I quizzing. Killed, I killed sword drills. I mean, I just, I grew up with with 
the Bible being such a part of my life, but it almost began to be kind of white noise. Like I knew it and I knew it was important. I knew a lot about it, but I, I didn't understand the relevance it had to me right now. Um, and I kind of, even, you know, a handful of years ago, I kind of felt like, okay, I've read it all before. What is the point like this? You know, what am I supposed to be taking from this now? But right around that time, and this sounds super cliche, but I started to kind of see the life of Jesus in a more um, meaningful way. Like, whoa, you know, you start, you sit back and, and really look at how he lived life. And he was, he was just rogue. I mean, he did everything that people said he shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, he spent time with the misfits and the outcasts and the, you know, the terrible people, the bad influences, as my parents would the say. The basket of deplorables. <laughs> right. But so we, we began to see that that was not at all the life we were living. But we also didn't really even know, you know, particularly if he's talking about caring for the poor. I mean, we didn't really know the poor. Um, and I'm sure in some ways we did and all of that. I get that. But I mean, we lived in a very sanitized, tidy community and just Christian existence. And so, yeah, once you begin to pull yourselves out of that and, you know, we were thrust into this neighborhood where we're surrounded by people living in poverty. Um, And then Corey became the chaplain of the jail, you know, way after the fact. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we have all these really unique characters and personalities who are now our friends, but man, it's just, it's a really different, it's a different way of engaging with people and a really different way of seeing the world and particularly seeing the image of God in all of these people around us. So it's been, it's been very um, game changing for us. Mm -hmm. She's Shannon Martin. She's the author of Falling Free. Uh, You can find her on Twitter at Shannon writes also. Now, what are you working on on your website right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm particularly working on anything in particular. Um, yeah, I tend to just write when things are hitting me. So right now, you know, we're in December. I tend to start feeling a lot of sad kind of feelings in December, mm-hmm. which is very um poor timing because I don't know that people love to hear sad things. <laughs> it's like you know, people don't want their, their Merry Christmas to be disrupted. And so I don't know if there's just something within me that likes to push against that a little bit. Um, it's not, I don't do it in a manufactured context, but I think my heart just kind of, it's weird to live, you know, these, these traditions from a new vantage point. So, you know, we have all the, you know, the happy Merry Christmas traditions, but also we're seeing a lot of heartbreaking stuff in our immediate world and, you know, in the world around us. So a lot of times in December, I start to write some, some heavier stuff, but yeah, it's just a matter of, of what kind of comes out. I mean, is it, do you work off of a schedule when you blog? Do you know what you're going to blog about ahead of time or is it just kind of? Oh goodness, no. You've never actually been to my blog, have you? Yes, I have. (laughs) That was my sense. My sense was that you also wrote when the spirit moved. <laughs> I, I think it might be a different spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All yeah, right. so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not working on anything per se, but it, but I'll write again soon within the next week. I'll I'll think of something I want to talk about. Um, okay, Shannon, we got to get weird. 
it's the type it's the time of the podcast where we have to go down the rabbit hole of random topics. Okay. First up, we got a tweet from Adrian Cooper at Lemonade H on Twitter. Uh, she tweeted us and asked us to talk about Jaden Smith. And uh, Jaden Smith tweeted, I'm going to be celibate for the rest of my life. <laughs> so my question to you, has someone slipped him a copy of I Kissed Dating Goodbye? Is that what's at stake here? I We can only assume. <laughs> or that he got, you know, maybe one of his parents gave him a one of those rings. Nice. What were they called? Purity the ring. purity ring or, or promise ring either either way. Yeah. Those are the only two. I mean, am I missing an obvious other third explanation? The only thing I can think of is the only thing this makes me think of is I'm so glad Twitter did not exist when I was a teenager. <laughs> because right. there is no limit to the amount of weird stuff. I mean, I tweet weird stuff anyway, but like weird like teenagery stuff I would have tweeted at age 16. Like it would have been horrible. I wish, I wish it did exist. I would have been just like, to read your tweets. No, I can tell you what it would have been. I would have been tweeting like to my future wife. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been funny though. Would it have been like earnest? It would have been earnest and painful. It'd been like <laughs> the desperate ramblings of like a, like a pained virgin. I, okay, when I was in high school, and I still have this somewhere, I kept, you know, like, when you go, well, you were homeschooled, so I don't know if this will work. <laughs> I went to but a Christian school for one year. Okay, right. but you know what I mean. Yeah. When I say, like, <laughs> I'm, I wish I could take all of this back now, because you're going to be like, yes, Shannon, homeschoolers know about notebook paper. <laughs> <laughs> but you know those plastic packs of loose-leaf, college-ruled notebook paper? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you didn't use slates and chalk, is what you're saying. You did use notebook paper. We've established that. Well, you know, we just kept it all in the barn. Behind the house. <laughs> right, in the bunker. Yes, in the, in bunker. the root cellar. In, in the bunker with a picture of Michael Michael Ferris on the on top. <laughs> okay. I had one of those. It, my point being, it was not a spiral notebook. It was just a packet of loose leaf no- notebook paper. And there was a period of maybe about a year where I wrote a letter to God mm-hmm. almost every night, <laughs> wherein I repeated myself every single night. So my eight-year-old son now says basically the same prayer every single night when he goes to bed. Um, and maybe, that you know, that's probably pretty typical for kids that age, right? Mm-hmm. But I was basically doing that as a 15-year-old girl you know I wasn't saying the same words every single night but I was writing them down every single night and all they were about was the the particular boy from youth group that I had a crush on or maybe there were a couple was it Stephen Curtis Chapman (laughs) Uh, no it wasn't it was like a youth group boy it was two of them and I couldn't figure out which one God wanted me to marry (laughs) But it was important that I figure it out because I was 15. I mean, I wasn't getting any younger. And I, I mean, just over and over again, I would just beg God to reveal to me, you know, which one was the one. Mm-hmm. The one, capital T, capital the O. One. Yeah. The one, yeah. I mean, so I probably had some pretty tweetable stuff in there. I should mm-hmm. dig it out. Did you journal? Um, a little bit. Not like super regularly, 
my my outlet was like I would write horrible um like I would write horrible short stories like and I've still got a bunch of them but like that's how I would get my angst out a lot of the time yeah by horrible short stories that's I mean okay did your mom know that you were writing the short stories yes mm-hmm. okay does your mom know about this podcast <laughs> uh my family and I have a unique relationship where okay. they just sort of agree to look the other way. Okay, cool. Well, that, with, that works. And like, we, I don't, I don't try to promote it with them or like send them links <laughs> to anything. And they don't. You haven't invited your mom on as a guest host. <laughs> I have not. Okay. No, I, I don't. I don't believe she's read Homeschool Sex Machine. <laughs> but she knows it exists, maybe. <laughs> or you just don't know. Like, who uh, knows? It's. It's. We just. Don't ask, don't tell. Right. That is, that's very par for the course, I would think. I mean, that's kind of, I, I get some of that vibe too in my family. There's, and maybe it's, maybe it's indicative of the culture we grew up in. I don't know. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but I, I get what you're saying. Okay. When Jan Crouch goes to heaven, what, what is her go-to wig in heaven, in New Jerusalem? Which wig will she be wearing? Here are your choices. The oversized okay. blonde wig, the oversized strawberry pink wig, or the oversized purple wig. Are these all legitimate wigs yeah. that she's worn? Yep. Is it cheating if I'm Google imaging right now? Absolutely not. Go for it. She has some pink hair. Was that one of the... Was that one of the choices that you gave me? Yeah, blonde, pink, or purple. It's going to have to be the biggest one. I mean, it. I don't know that it particularly matters as much which color it is. I think the pink one is the biggest one. I think the pink one's the biggest. Closer to God. The bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is she for, Is Jane Crouch from Texas? Um, I don't know where she's from originally okay but did you grow up watching jan crouch uh not no we didn't have cable so i didn't watch her growing up but no uh, we didn't either but wasn't she on did you have a tv (laughs) 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 so is that terrible no like we we had like the basic stations but we could never pick up okay Uh, but no like I, i grew up in the charismatic church so that's kind of my wheelhouse is like Whoa, stop. I mean, I told you that I grew up in that too, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that about you. That's a whole new layer. Mm, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're going pink on the Jan Crouch wig? I'm going pink. Okay. Are you with me on that, or do you have a different idea? No, I, I was sort of leaning towards pink, but, I mean, that's why. I, that's a question that we saved for a, for a co-host of your caliber of we okay. Just, we just needed your expert opinion on this. Well, there, there it is. We've decided. <laughs> the people have spoken. Okay. Faith-based movies, Shannon Martin. <laughs> okay. You, you might be regretting having me as your guest host right now, but it, it's only fair to say, to confess, I have never seen a single one. <laughs> Of the Christian movies. It's not necessary. It's, it's not required. But here's what I can do for you. <laughs> okay. I, did, I did my homework. 
it took a little bit of it took a little bit of doing. We were part of a small group before we moved to our new community, and they're still friends of ours. We don't see them all as much as we would like to, but there was so we had a group of kind of um, we were all kind of misfits from the church at large. Like you know, we've we don't know if we fit in here anymore. Kind of that that sort of vibe. So there was a lot of angst, is what I'm trying to say towards church culture in that group Mm -hmm. but one of one of the guys he was he's a former youth pastor and he he has an idea so can i pitch his idea is that fair i mean i'm I'm, i may critique it severely because we take faith-based movies very seriously here but he's 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 up for that i remembered a few of the details but in Corey and i were trying to piece it together last night he he texted me this morning and filled them in. Okay. So the idea is title rescue. It is about EMTs mm-hmm. because that's a niche that to our knowledge has not been filled, right? Um or has it? Oh no. Okay, what was the movie with um there was like firemen and policemen, but we yeah, didn't. Was think... it courageous? Was that the movie? I maybe. I think was one of those guys like a. Let's just say for the purposes okay. of this anyway. podcast that that has not happened okay. yet. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so he sent me the little synopsis, and I told him I was going to share it. The, his the, all credit goes to Ryan Smith, by the way. Okay, okay. it was EMT based, starring Kurt Cameron, of course. <laughs> He was a head EMT who tragically lost his family in a car accident where he's on the scene and can't save them. <laughs> this causes a crisis of faith. He gets a new young EMT who leads him back to faith and back to Jesus and okay. really back to church. Young, young, like dude, bro, or like young, like attractive female. I think a dude, bro, like okay. Jaden Smith, would be. I, I mean, if. It seems like that's what I picture when I read this. Can we get Justin Bieber or Shia LaBeouf to audition for this? For which role? The dude, bro. I like Jaden Smith. Okay. Well, Why we, are you not into Jaden Smith? Uh, I just, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know, like I just imagined. <laughs> Justin Bieber. We're having creative conflict already. Well, I love it. Well, Justin Bieber is like a professing Christian, so like. I feel like you could maybe get into that. I don't know if Jaden Smith is a professing Christian. Well, I mean, if we're going from his tweet, then yes. Well, it could just be some like weird Scientology thing he picked up from his dad. Well, I mean, come on. If he has a if he has a purity ring, which we've decided he does. Uh huh. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. I keep interrupting you. That's okay. That's okay. I think that's that's basically it. So you you have this young. So it's kind of like. You know, an upside down faith based EMT culture karate kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. There's got to be like a, uh, there's got to be like his wife's father, like his, his dead wife's father is a minister. Okay. Played by John Lithgow. Okay. And he's like, he keeps like, uh, like making inroads to Kirk Cameron, like you got to come back to the faith. You got to come back to the faith. And then Kirk Cameron's like rejecting them all. I, yes, I, I feel like I still feel, I'm going to continue to 
pitch strongly for Jaden Smith because I like the idea. Come on. Okay, I mean, I'll give you Jaden Smith. I, I mean, he's you get... he's young. How young is he? Is he too young? Is that the problem? Well, I, I like the idea like of having maybe. some. He's in his twenties, so he's old enough to be in the Screen Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of having some diversity in the film. Okay. That's important to me. Now, that might not be important, though, to the larger evangelical movie machine culture. I don't know. Okay, but I like the idea of, of Jaden Smith being the one who brings Kirk Cameron back to the faith and back to his relationship with his dad, John Lithgow. What's well, his father-in-law? Like, oh, his father-in-law. Sure. Does Kirk Cameron die at the end of the movie? Does he die saving someone? Maybe. Does he die saving Jaden Smith? Ooh, I that's good. And then like Jaden Smith is like you know like he pulls Jaden Smith out of like an like a exploding car or something and then like takes the brunt of the explosion himself and then you uh you get like this final scene where like Kurt Cameron is being reunited with his wife. Wait, did we just his wife died? Yeah, like like Kirk Cameron dies, and you get like this afterlife scene of him reuniting with his wife. Ah, okay. Okay, I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Can we? I think that I think that movie could like exist in the same universe as my faith-based Fast and the Furious movie. Okay. And maybe like there's a crossover there somehow. Uh, I think we need like a faith-based uh, Fast and Furious movie called Holy Rollers. Yes, we do. And it's about, um, I'm still working out the plot, but I think it's about, um, it's a group of Baptists who have a competition where they race each other from their church to the buffet (laughs) every Sunday. Did you ever know about Degrassi Junior High? Yeah, actually, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What if we did a Christian spinoff of that? in like Christian school culture. Oh gosh. Um, well, obviously dress codes are going to have to play a huge role in the plot. I mean, everything's, everything's going to have to change because that show, we watched it on PBS after school, but I don't think my mom, my parents were strict yet also, um, removed. (laughs) So, I don't I think if they had known some of the content that was coming out of that show there would have been problems but again you See, know just like why, like you should have been watching McGee and me instead of I don't that. even know I don't know about McGee and me <sighs> This podcast is over <laughs> I tried to warn you I I grew up but here's the thing like I grew up with parents who they had not they had not lived in evangelical culture as kids and then they got married and then they got saved. And so then they're playing catch up. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know a lot of the backstory, which probably helped, you know, helped me help my case, but they were like, you know, one year trick or treating was fine. The next year somebody had told them it was bad. (laughs) And so it it was was bad. They told told your parents it was bad. Your parents did. (laughs) 
But one year we could watch the Smurfs, and then the next year the Smurfs were a no go. Oh they yes. always just—they were yes. taking their information from somewhere. I don't know for sure where. It was my parents because we weren't allowed to watch the Smurfs because they had witchcraft. It had witchcraft, and I swear it had something to do with them being blue. But I, I might be making that part up. That sounds like a Jerry Falwell thing that like you would have like read into the fact that they were blues somehow. It was like in time stuff somehow. <laughs> yes. We oh. were, yeah. Like I grew up thinking every five years that the rapture was going to happen. Nice. For sure. You know, my parents got into all of those predictions. You know, there were various ones, but they they bought into every single one that came along. But yeah, so anyway, Degrassi Junior High, like Christian Degrassi Junior High, they will, yeah, you know, a lot of turtlenecks. And um, I don't know, but did, I mean, home like Christian school boys would wear just like plaid button downs, but not too baggy, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it really wasn't about the boys. The boys could wear whatever they wanted to. It was all about the girls because it's... <laughs> That's where the that's where the sin came into play. Right. Boys' They're bodies are not sinful. Only girls' original bodies are sinful. sin. Yes. No no yoga pants at the Christian school. <laughs> no yoga nor any yoga pants. No. No way. All right, Shannon, before we go, um, Dave Ramsey. Were you throwing shade at Dave Ramsey on Fun Sexy Bible Time? Well, yeah, I think I am. I'll throw some shade on Dave Ramsey with you. What what have you got? I just, you know, we bought in. Okay, I think Dave Ramsey, and and I'm not making a statement on Dave Ramsey as a person. Because (laughs) I'll warn you, I have written blog posts about this, and they have been, people have lost their business (laughs) over me throwing shade at Dave Ramsey. I've written about a lot of things in my in my decade of blogging, but nothing was met with such Christian vitriol. Uh, let's do it. So, let's, let's, let's go out on the ledge together against Dave Ramsey. As a, like his, um, his brand, let's say, so we're not making this particularly personal, but his brand represents everything that was wrong with my life five to 10 years ago. So his brand epitomizes the Christian American dream with a side of Jesus. I am H. Oh, I'm, I'll make it personal. I, mean, I don't mind doing that. Um, what, like, what is wrong with Dave Ramsey? Like he gets away with so much crap <laughs> because Christians love his financial stuff so much. Okay. So we're just going to go there. Yeah. Like it's, I struggle. I struggle with Dave. And I say this with with the full disclosure that I have my cash envelopes in my purse at this exact moment. They are not the, the branded financial peace envelopes, but they are the target dollar bin coupon holder that I so I still carry cash envelopes and that is because of Dave and all credit to Dave. However, I struggle with the fact that he is a multimillionaire thanks to the church. Like we are his target. We are his, we are his target audience. And it seems like maybe, maybe conflict of interest isn't the right word, but I mean, he knows how to keep his people with him. Right. 
Yeah. Do you follow me? I do. I'm going at it from a different direction. Um, okay, where are you coming from? Well, first of all, do we ever figure out what he did to John Acuff? Like, there was some kind of, like, bad stuff that went down between him and John Acuff. There was bad blood. And I think Acuff had to sign, like, a non-disclosure agreement, so, like, he can't talk about it. But because... is that still that way? Because are they, they're not connected at all now? No, they haven't been connected for years. Okay. Uh, he makes all his employees, from what I understand, at least the high, high-end ones, sign non-disclosure agreements. Uh, which is kind of weird. Like, you know, I mean, if you're a Christian organization, like, why are you so, like, treat your people better? Like, right. Don't, don't try yeah. to hamstring them on the way out. Right. Um, but he just does, like, weird stuff. Like, people were doing, um, and you can, I mean, I'm not breaking this. This is on, you know, you can look this up. But uh, people were doing, like, Dave Ramsey parody accounts on Twitter. And he lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite part of it was he tracked one of the people down and went so far as to call that person's pastor. <laughs> what? Hey, what is he going to do to us? <laughs> but my all-time favorite Dave Ramsey story is, like, he had a meeting with, like, the people in his, I guess, his compound. And, like, he was talking about, like, gossiping. <laughs> And he pulled out a gun and started waving it around. I've heard about that. I have heard about that. That's what is crazy. Wrong with you? That's crazy. That's like that's unbalanced living like, right there. Like if Russell Moore did that with like a group of like the ERLC, or like if Al Mohler did that like on on the campus, like <laughs> like Christianity it, today would pillory them. Yeah, it wouldn't fly. I so I wrote I wrote my like down with Dave Ramsey blog posts maybe maybe four or five years ago. So it's been a little while. I, I still I still hold to them. But here's the interesting thing. Here's where it gets interesting. I know I've shared with you that I had that blog shared on John Acuff's website <laughs> about my CCA magazine was my teen beat. Uh-huh. About my crushes on all the married CCM artists. Yeah, Russ Taff. Russ Taff. But John Acuff, like, I got that notification saying your submission has been accepted and it's being posted <laughs> the day that my anti Dave Ramsey post went live. Oh, wow. Is that a coincidence or not? Uh... <laughs> and soon, at, like, that was right around the time when everything, like, it all hit the fan and they were parting ways and, you know, they're very, um, you know, sanitized, everything's fine kind of way. But it was obvious that not everything was fine. And I always wonder, is that why? Like, did he see that as like a sign <laughs> that he should go ahead and, and put my piece up on his blog? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I don't know if John Acuff's okay. Like, I feel like, I almost feel like Dave Ramsey took a piece of his soul somehow and has yeah. it like in one of his branded envelopes. <laughs> right. So I don't that know. Be, I don't know if John Acuff's like, okay. Da- down in one of the wine cellars or, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't, I should not say that he drinks wine. I don't know that to be fact, but I feel like even if he doesn't drink wine, he has a few wine cellars <laughs> where he keeps his extra envelopes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's good to a point. He's, I stay with him through a point, like to a point, but, but when he starts screaming, that the whole point of life is to retire with piles and piles of cash. He's lost me. Mm. 
Well, you, so. you stay with somebody till a point until they get weird, and then... That's kind of where we are at this podcast. <laughs> that was a great segue. <laughs> I loved it. All right. She is Shannon Martin. You can find her on Twitter at Shannon Writes. That's Shannon with two A's. Shannon, thank you for coming on Fun Sexy Bible Time and making it weird. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good one.